Hmm. Hello. Welcome, Upright Citizens. Welcome to our Desert Island album picks uh, here at the Upright Citizens with Ruben Rogers and myself, Bob Deboo. What's up, Ruben? Hey, what's up, Bob? What's up, Bob? How you feeling? I'm doing all right. Glad to join you on this desert. Uh, wait, wait. Are we on a desert island together? We're on the island together, I think. Yeah, I, so we're jetting. Ooh, ouch. You know, give, me, give me a second. Let me, let me redo my list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let me uh, let me retru- uh, like think about my life choices here. No, exactly. <laughs> so we are doing the ubiquitous today. It's finally happening. How many episodes in are we? We're in our 60s, something like that. Mm-hmm. We're finally doing the ubiquitous Desert Island Picks mm-hmm. episode. That's all right. And it's so hard. This is the hardest one ever to prep for. Definitely. Um, Definitely. I don't know. You, you feel that way, too? It's just so much good music out yes. there. Yes. It may be too and, much uh, at times, right? And it's almost like you have to justify, oh, I didn't include this one. Yeah, I, no, you know, right. Right. Inner Visions isn't in my list. Uh, you know, like, what? <laughs> you know? But uh, we're here at the Bass Centric Podcast, Upright Citizens. We're mm-hmm. keeping things a little bit more in the in the jazz realm, in the bass realm. So we'll yeah. talk about bass players that are involved in our picks, I right. think. At yes. least that's where I'm yes, coming from. Definitely. But mm-hmm. wherever we go, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So um, we each picked three different albums. We mm-hmm. had to whittle it down to yes. three albums mm-hmm. and talk about an endeavor. Um, so mm-hmm. we've still been here prepping for this like an hour talking about it beforehand yeah. trying to figure out what we're doing but to open up today's episode i'm sure many of y'all know what we were just playing it was my pick um this was from ornette coleman's the shape of jazz to come 1959 the opening track the evocative Lo- lonely woman mm-hmm. i don't know why i couldn't say that i was mm-hmm. gonna say lovely woman. lovely woman that's good too we, we, lovely woman maybe it should have been that maybe it should have been that <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Um, with, of course, the great Charlie Hayden on bass, mm. Billy Higgins on drums, Don Cherry on trumpet, Ornette Coleman on saxophone. And that's from 1959. So as it works out, we're going to be kind of going in mm. um, sequential. Um, is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, chronological. Uh, maybe. Chronicle, chronological. Chron- chron- there we go. Yes. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you got it. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, that, that was from 1959. And um, just want to do talk a little it's obviously it's a well-renowned album that many many people heard um and listened to but this is one of the albums i go back to all the time i go back and listen to this album just a bunch it really has a really strong nostalgic feel to me and i'll try to keep this real brief but i had a guitar my very first individual private lesson instructor (laughs) kevin grove uh in fort worth texas guitar player played in a top 40 band played uh you know in country bands things like that but he was also really hip and really into jazz. And he put, he put uh, what's that Jocko album with Paul Blay? He gave me that album. It's got a really funky looking cover on mm. it where they do some of Carla Blay's album uh, tracks. And then also this album, The Shape of Jazz to Come. And when I first heard it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, what is this? What's going on? You know, I was listening to like Stanley Clark, Jocko, mm. everything like that, you know. And um, I was immediately hooked. Just the playfulness, the interaction. Perhaps the fact that you could hear the bass really well and the frontline well. interaction mm-hmm. just did so much to me. And, uh, you know, I would put that album on at night and just close my eyes and imagine Manhattan in like the late 50s, early 60s wow. and get this really wow. like really strong visual image from this. And I still do. Uh, when I when I moved to New York in the early 2000s, I would put this on, you know, my first iPod, you know, with the actual rotating and the yep, buttons yep. that actually clicked. I still got the sucker, too. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but I would put that on and just pick a direction and walk and I just love everything about the vibe of this album and it's really hard to pick one track but 
there we go you know mm-hmm. so that's my first desert island pick you you're obviously familiar with this album too, oh yes right? i mean everything yeah, you said classic. about it same here same here but i'm mm-hmm. excited to hear what what's next though what's next so we're gonna keep it moving this was yeah. um Again, this is just so hard to do. An unexpected, perhaps a more unexpected track, but I absolutely love this album. I'll just set it up. Oh. That's <laughs> all right. I'll start. So I'll, right. <laughs> I'll set this up uh, just a little bit here. This is uh, Thelonious Monk's um, T for Two from the Crisscross album. And uh, it's funny, my three Desert Island picks all fell like in a... A time span of like four years so right. this album came out in 1963 I mean, some of the best music was made then that's right some of the most, exactly uh, yeah i mean and then in that like that 10-year period some of the most i guess uh, timeless music was made i mean definitely absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so this is 1963 uh, on columbia records monks crisscross with charlie rouse the great John Orr on bass, mm. who plays bass like nobody else, mm. you know, and we'll, and this track really highlights that it's too. Very original. And then one of my favorite drummers of all time, and I think we've talked about this too, Frankie Dunlap. Yeah, Frankie mm. Dunlap on the drums. So um, they'd been playing when the, this album came out. I think they'd been playing for like four years, and it's one of like the longest running bands that Monk has had. Mm. And it's also one of the, um, I, it's just a classic, classic album. So there's so much swing, groove, and nuance in this. I love Frankie Dunlop so much and his vibe with John Orr, just something else. But uh, we're going to listen to T for Two from Monk's Criss Cross. Here comes a bit of that. about combinations usually i'm realizing mm. i mean I've, I've realized this for a long time but the combinations uh, of musicians that come together and then you can hear that familiarity that they have 
you know mm. everyone's just just doing their thing and feeling good about it and feeling good to be playing together you know i mean i mean uh, who knows they might have hit each other by this time but but it's, it's <laughs> it sounds so fluid so so natural yeah. you know Absolutely. and and they have yeah. like just to also to have just these uh, three distinct personalities on their own instruments kind of blend together that's that's the oh, that's sure. the beauty of this music and and that that's what the first thing comes to my mind that the, the, the familiarity and the, the combination, you know, the sum of the whole, it just makes it, makes, makes such beautiful music. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. They sound, that's a band. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's a that's a band and they surely know each other really well at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, off and on the stage. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we're missing missing Charlie on that one, but uh, just to hear the trio is very nice. Yeah, so sorry, that Charlie. was T for two. What, what do you think about John Orr's um, sound? I mean, uh, it's raw. It's beautiful. It's it's yeah. it's the opposite of what I've preached over many years. Long, broad notes, but that right. per, the personality. I mean, obviously, he doesn't play always like that. But he the call the song called for that, right? Yeah, you know, that kind of yeah, that you mentioned before some a comical kind of way they 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 played the song, even just the melody, and and you know, it 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 was it was right where it needed to be. Those short, you know, yeah. Notes. When we were talking about it earlier, yeah, I was saying it's kind of comical to hear those short notes that are cut off like that. Right. But there's also, it sounds like it's got a lot of history behind it too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I could hear that, you know, obviously he's playing on some gut strings. He's got a big action, big sound. Mm-hmm. And he's coming from, you know, I don't know a lot about John Orr's history, mm. but it sounds like there's history there. Yeah, you know what I mean? It sounds like, like authentic to the, uh, to the, to the core. The, yeah, gut bucket is the right word. Yeah. It's south. Totally. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's real. It sounds real and it sounds raw and honest. Yeah. You know, like I think those are the, some of the things that I just really dig about um, yeah. the way John Orr plays on that. And he doesn't, you're right, he doesn't play like that on the rest of the album with those shorter notes like that. Mm-hmm. Some beautiful ballads and he plays those long, broad notes and he, mm-hmm. you know, just like has this big, beautiful foundational sound. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more. That's, you know, it's so hard to do these Desert Island picks mm-hmm. for the albums because, the just, you know, the albums go all over the place. Yes. So, you yes. know. Definitely. Anyways, we're going to move on to, from 1963, we're going to move right along into... My next track from 1963, <laughs> it was, what can I say? It was a good year. Uh, and this comes from uh, a perennial favorite. A lot of people like this album, of course, John Coltrane's Ballads album, which is just classic. And, uh, you know, so many folks, you know, love this album. This is with the quartet, McCoy Tyner, uh, Jimmy Garrison on most of it. Reggie Workman plays one track. He plays on It's Easy to Remember. Um, and Elvin Jones on drums. Um so what was interesting, I was doing a little bit of research about this particular album, and uh, apparently they had never t- played any of these tunes before, or didn't have, you know, they probably played these tunes in different situations, but didn't play these tunes pre- preparing for the album. Uh, so they arrived with music store sheet music of the songs. <laughs> and just before the recordings, they would discuss each tune, write out copies of the changes that they would use, semi-rehearse for a half an hour, and then do it. And each piece was recorded in one take. Except for all the things you are. But just the, oh, and it's just, um, this one of my favorite albums for the sound, like to hear Jimmy Garrison recorded in this light. Mm. Some of the live stuff that I love, uh, you know, like Live at the Vanguard, Coltrane stuff. Right. It's a little bit harder to hear, you know, what's happening in the bass. Hard to hear the bass. But here, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But Jimmy is just like beautifully presented here. Um, And uh, 
this album just from front to back just speaks to me always has yes i had a i used to play with this uh sax player in fort worth uh named marshall ivory mm-hmm. and uh much older you know really kind of took me under his wing for a while um he played a lot with red garland who was from dallas so that whole area um he told me about this album and he was like bob this is one of those albums you have to you won't get into heaven if you don't know it (laughs) (laughs) he's like you need to know this album and uh, bob Have you listened to John Coltrane? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's like, yes. I, know, I know you like giant Welcome. steps, but you need this one in your life. And so thank you, Marshall Ivory, for turning this on to me uh, years and years ago. This is Too Young to Go Steady, 1963, John Coltrane's Ballads album. Again, we're just going to have to hear a snippet of it, but we'll have a playlist. You can go hear all of our picks here and check out the whole albums, too. So here comes Too Young to be to Go Steady. Deeply sorry about having to turn that down. I apologize. Yeah, you always do that. What's wrong that was, I know, um, man. It, that that it, feel. I mean, yeah. what I say about the last track. I mean, person personalities, the combination of, mm. of mm. all these personalities. That's One thing, it, it's funny. I, I it's never noticed before. Maybe just, um, you know, I guess years of listening and hearing drummers. Evan does this kind of thing, like. Like like at the end of the, close like the way he's he's sweeping, I feel like I don't hear that often. Mm. You know, just the way he's sweeping the ballad is so original. It's like, how? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, 
go check it out see i'll give you a little something to go check out but go check it out when you, you get a chance um <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful yes, but the, uh, just the way most piano players won't be able to get away with the way mccoy put, plays on this it's so lush and so beautiful but there'll be plenty mm. of saxophone players who are like yo you in my way you playing too much but the way sure the yeah. way mccoy just kind of like plays very harp like you know almost like through through the whole thing it's ah oh, wow so yeah original. definitely so original. yeah and, and 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 jimmy too i mean it's mm-hmm. not just uh you know he's not just playing the changes of course he is he's being very foundational and just beautiful sound and mm-hmm. right where it needs to be but some of the fills in there too just yeah. man just like get me yeah you know the small things that he's doing and the small things that everybody's doing it's easy to go immediate i think the first thing that hooked me was you know train sound of course as always and the way the melody is being always. played of course it's right. huge so mm-hmm. anyways that's a little bit of that so Moving on, we've we've covered my three desert island picks, Ruben. Well, What's you, you know, all of it, all of this is very nostalgic for for both of us. It seems, you know, yes. um, and yeah, and uh, I definitely when I was going through all these picks, it was it ran the gamut, you know, uh, um, mm. of styles and and uh, you know tempos and mm-hmm. years recorded. <laughs> so I, it, it just seems that I just come back to you know as I said that the nostalgic feeling of these albums you know albums that i always and, go back to that i probably can't live without because i always revisit them right yeah. so why not yeah. have them on that so desert pick, island and so you pick three albums that you're on right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely not <laughs> sorry i had to do it because we no. didn't talk about we didn't talk much about this like we kind of came together and we're like let's do a desert island yeah like bam episode. here we are right so i'm gonna start with um ron carter's last Sorry, Laurent Carter's A2s, that's the name of the album, hmm. 1982. Hmm. Um, was a great Tony Williams on, on drums, uh, Art Farmer on uh, trumpet and flugelhorn, and Bill Evans, the saxophonist, mm-hmm. on uh, this uh, album. Uh, I'm going to play the track Last Resort. Um, and uh, let's play it first and maybe just talk just a little bit about it once, uh, once we hear this, all right? That's Laurent Carter's yeah. Last Resort. (音楽) ¶¶ 
Yep. That's sure. That's surely Ron Carter. That's so Ron Carter. So beautiful. Oh, oh man. The triplets, all the triplet, you oh, know, like the hickey to doos, the slides, the glisses. All it's all there. But he sounds like he's floating on that particular track too. It's just you know, yes, yeah, something this else. This was uh, this one of the first um, albums that I knew, Ron Carter albums that I ever got. Probably like you know, mm. in the late eighties, um, early nineties. And um, it's obvious, you know, his 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 already broad notes are even extra, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you can hear he's using you know a bunch of direct, you know, and it's yeah. it's uh-huh. like it, his sound is even even more out front because he's a leader and because of the direct, you know. Yeah. What yeah, I definitely. what I do really like about it too is uh, Tony Tony's and Ron's sound has really have really evolved since mm-hmm. the 60s yeah. you know this is in the 80s has really evolved to it's another thing that we 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 you know we know them as you know or mm-hmm. their sounds mm-hmm. as as from the 60s with with with, with um, miles davis and all that so it's it's i think for me also i actually knew this album more than i knew like the plug nickel sound or like oh, even wow. um so it's like i heard this then i went backwards you know, for, for my mm, own personal experience, okay. at least studying. I probably heard it, Interesting. but I gravitated toward this, I think, initially because I could hear the bass so well. You know what I mean? Yes. And yeah, his sound and, and, you know, and, and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, an Art Farmer sound, I always love so much. His love playing. Art Farmer. Um, yeah. So warm Absolutely. and beautiful. So, anyway, that was that was that one. Totally right with Tony, too. I was thinking, I was sitting here thinking the same thing about his bass drum, you know, that mm-hmm. really close, you know, like the bass drum is super present. And yeah. I wonder mm-hmm. if there was any conversation, there must have been discussion about that in the, you know, as far as when they were getting sounds and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the close mic to the toms, you know, yeah. everything like that. Yeah, it's sounds nice in 80s. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So good. Mm-hmm. Art Farmer plays so beautifully. Yeah. So this next album is uh, from the early 90s. Definitely uh, a nostalgic moment for me. I just moved from the islands, and you know, mm. bam, this album came in my face, bam, and I was like, "Wow, look at this! Hear this fresh sound from these young lions, basically." So this is Joe Henderson's uh, Lush Life album from 1992. Mm. Uh, song I'm gonna play is Johnny Come Lately. It has the great Chris McBride, Hello Open Studio mm-hmm. on bass, uh, Stephen Scott on piano. It's um, uh, Wynton Marsalis on trumpet and the masterful Johannesson on saxophone. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's play some of this. I think we might have played this earlier on our Upright Citizens uh, podcast when we were bragging about other albums, but it doesn't matter. Here is Johnny Come Lately on Johannesson's Lush Life. Thank you. 
can mm. I help? Give me. Give me. Man, you can't help but not smile when you hear that, though. Oh, my Gosh, <laughs> I ain't heard that in a minute. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that bounce Whitney. that they have. Oh my I, I can't gosh. remember if I yeah. mentioned, was, did I say Greg Hutchinson on drums? Did I say that? Oh, yeah. No. I did? You, okay. I don't think you did, but yeah. Yeah. But Hutch, <laughs> Greg Hutchinson on drums. How could is my partner crying for the past 20, 30 years. But the the, 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 the hook up him and Christian, and this the whole rhythm section have on it, is so, so locked. It's so... It's that sound, it's that like modern sound that came in, you know, probably from the late 80s into the 90s and pretty much is stuck, that kind of driving mm. on top of the beat kind of feeling. Mm. And uh, yeah. yeah, I love it. And definitely couldn't leave with it without that feeling, at least a few yeah. records with that sound, you know what I mean? Uh, on my desert sure. island, at least. <laughs> definitely. And there's a, the whole slew of uh, Joe Henderson albums on Verve around that time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like So Near So Far and the other, you know, the Joe Beam album. Yes. Big band album. even, yes. and yeah. Just so much good Joe Henderson around that time, too. Oh, yeah. You could do a whole. Yeah. So beautiful. so beautiful. I love it. I love yeah. it. So uh, we're going to wrap things up in a minute. Um, man, I feel like we could do a whole nother one of these, you know, uh, you know like Desert Island Part 2. I don't know. Oh, man. Think about I mean, I that. just want to hang and listen to music. You know, oh, let's, let's just keep putting on tracks. <laughs> I, I have a good, a good another 15 uh, I don't know, albums I could play. I know. <laughs> I know. Same. But anyway, but we're going we're gonna, to you know, wrap this up and um, do a very beautiful um, uh, track from this, uh, from this album from Michael Brecker. Um, I think it's called The Ballads. The Ballads Book or The Nearness, mm. Nearness of You, The Ballad Book. Um yeah. Charlie Hayden on bass. Hello. Look, if we start mm. with him, we end with him. Yeah, absolutely. Great Jack Basinette on drums. Pat Metheny mm. on guitar. And the great Herbie Hancock on piano. And the great James Taylor starring or guest starring, mm. uh, guest, whatever you want to call him, on um, a couple tracks on this album. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this, but to have this, you know, group of master musicians together and to hear the way they play in harmony so honest and controlled is incredible you know what i mean yeah. it speaks to the to you know the depth of of their artistry you know you know mm-hmm. and they really um coming together to you know to make such beautiful music uh and also i guess it's nostalgic for me too because i know uh michael passes he he, he passes away he gets very sick a few years later. I mean, I think he was sick then also, but in and out. But he passes. Yeah. He passes maybe five or six years after this album. So I don't know. It's it, for me. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it's a beautiful, you know, beginning to an end. You know, uh, and they could yeah, hear that in yeah. the sound too. So mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. we're gonna go out on this. Um, you know, we we uh, going to actually play the title track, "The Nearness of You" from "The Nearness of You," Michael Brecker. And yeah. uh, thank you all for coming on this desert island journey. Uh, thank Definitely. you for you know spitting give me your your takes bob and um you know maybe we'll do this again yeah, for sure and, uh, we might need to revisit this and there's there's more. such a yeah i i love this and i like i kind of like that we're going chronologically too cuz there's such a vibe mm-hmm. in the music and the musicians and the groups and mm-hmm. the bands and everything like that for each of these records right and i'm just sitting here thinking about 
you know, the folks that are capturing these sounds too. Yes. That's a big part of what's happening, especially this last album. It's so beautifully recorded. Yes, very much you know? so. I mean, they yeah. all are, but that's, mm-hmm. this would not be the same without those engineers out there doing a great job. So Thank just you Just putting all. that out there real quick. There we go. Yeah. Put that good vibe out there. Beautiful. Right, the Nearness of You by Michael Brecker. Y'all take care. Peace. Peace. Excites me that thrills and delights me. Oh no, it's just the nearness of you. It isn't your sweet conversation that brings this sensation. Oh no. It's just the nearness of you When you're in my arms And I feel you're so close to me All my wildest dreams come true I'll need no soft lights to enchant me so tight and to feel in the night just the nearness of you 